0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey
1: everyone, I'm Kevin.
0: So Kevin, today we're talking about something everyone has experienced, which is elevators. Why does every elevator have a door close button if none of these buttons actually seem to work? Are they even a placebo?
1: (laughs) Tim, well yes it seems you have touched on a pretty common frustration here that the operation of the door open button is pretty simple right you press it and you get a pretty immediate response of either opening or holding the door open but the operation of the door close button is much less transparent and often appears to you know do nothing especially if you're in a rush right exactly So what's happened over the years is that many people believe, or even accuse, elevator companies of making that door close button a placebo, meaning that they think it's you know not wired up or inactive in normal service.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yes. But
1: you know, Tim, this is actually all a myth. It's not correct. What happens is that first of all, working door open and door close buttons are required by code in many jurisdictions, uh, especially for emergency operation in independent mode the door open and door close buttons are used to you know manually open or close the door i see the reason people get frustrated though is because uh elevators have door close buttons that are programmed to be delayed by an overall timeout meaning that the door cannot be closed until a few seconds after initial opening so in this case you know when you're trying to really really hastily close uh, close the door it might feel like the door close button has no effect. It's also that not all elevators have this setting, but many of them do. So in the U.S., the minimum timeout for automatic door closing is often set at five seconds, which is a noticeable delay if you know not overridden. And sometimes a door close button will cause a hall call to also be ignored, meaning that the door will not reopen for someone outside pushing the button.
0: Oh, well, that is a practical and helpful tip. Now, another practical question. Why do some elevators have both an up and down button on their door, and some elevators just have a single button?
1: Oh, so that's all about efficiency. It calls an elevator that is already heading in the direction that you want to go. So, you know, in an example, if you are on floor five of a 10-story building, you hit the down button, and if there is already an elevator heading down, then the elevator will simply stop on your floor. If the elevator is heading up, well, basically it'll skip you and it won't stop on your floor. So it was not heading in the direction that you want to go. Another example is an elevator with passengers already heading down would be absolutely pissed if somebody uh, mid-journey could you know press the up button and then have their elevator stop, pick them up, and then turn around and head up to the destination only intended by the new passenger, uh, and then re- resume that journey back down. Right. So this whole up and down button thing is just all about efficiency.
0: Now, some systems get even more sophisticated with their algorithms to make it even more efficient.
1: Yes, yes, Um, these are simple elevators that we've previously talked about. In systems where there are multiple elevators, they might do what's called load balancing to make things even more efficient. So some systems count how many times the up or down button is pressed on the various floors. Some count the weight or the number of people in the elevator or assess the number of floors selected inside of them, then they can skip certain floor requests if the current car is maybe too full and maybe hand it off to the other elevator in a different bay to fulfill that request. Also, in taller buildings with very high traffic, such as the New York Marriott Marquis or the Burj Khalifa, the destination dispatch algorithm is actually used to group passengers going to similar floors, actually maximizing potential traffic by up to 25 percent
0: very interesting sounds like a whole design process for that algorithm another question that comes up is why aren't any elevators designed so you can press a button and then press it again to undo
1: oh so this is a pretty common request and actually there are quite a few elevators that have such technology the feature has various names some call it a car call cancellation or false call canceling or car call erase. So, and two ways it's implemented in practice is, yeah, like you said, like it's a double tap to undo, or sometimes it's a tap and hold to undo. So it's actually worth trying around to find out if some elevators near you actually have this feature.
0: Ooh, I should try that, particularly when you have kids who accidentally press buttons. But if I go into an elevator and let's say I select the eighth floor and I start going up, but then I do that car call cancellation and uh, double tap and undo the eight floor selection. What would happen next? I'm then going nowhere.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, the engineers, they did have to program uh, the system for this exact possibility. So when a car call has been canceled, typically the elevator will usually stop at the next possible landing floor.
0: I see. Now to end, two hypothetical and fun questions for you. First of all, if an elevator is falling to the ground, would it help to jump right before it hits to save your life?
1: Uh, This sounds like straight from a movie. So unfortunately, no, it would not help. That's because it's really hard to time precisely. And also more fundamentally, imagine that the elevator is falling at like 50 miles per hour. So you could jump in the opposite direction at about 5 miles per hour. Now you're falling at the same rate as the elevator, so your jump reduces the falling speed to, let's say, 45 miles per hour when the elevator hits the bottom of the shaft. Yes, you did reduce it a little bit, uh, but definitely not enough to avoid injury and or even death.
0: And finally, some people have talked about the possibility of space elevators. Why does a space elevator have to be tethered at only the equator?
1: Oh, the concept of space elevators is fascinating. Um, well, and engineers, you know, we haven't built one yet, but many people have thought about building an elevator to something in orbit. And yes, uh, one, of the, one of the things is that it needs to be tethered to the equator. Basically, it's down to what's at the other end of the space elevator and where it is. So the tether would need to be attached to, let's say, a satellite at geostationary orbit, which means... Something that while in orbit remains directly over the same spot on Earth all the time. And this orbit can only exist directly over the equator, actually. So if the tether is not on the equator, then the satellite's orbit could become pretty out of whack and chaotic and move around and cause a lot of trouble. So that's why uh, this concept of a space elevator, you need a tethered at the equator.
0: What a good way to end. Thanks, Kevin. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at yli 5 thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you have comments and suggestions. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, please do take the time to leave us a rating on iTunes because it helps other people to discover this podcast. As always, thank you to the community at r slash 5 on Reddit, and we will see you all next week.